Welcome to module number nine, being. We were born to be. Human beings are the only species on the planet intelligent enough to imagine a different way to do this being and also the only species stupid enough to be brainwashed into giving up their right to exist. We have been living within a framework of mass global delusion, one where the going consensus is that we are not enough, that we do not have enough, that the place we occupy is not where we are meant to be. This idea is the cancer eating away at humanity. It drives our strive to be other than we are, our desperate need to have so much more than we ever wanted or needed. It keeps us running in the mouse wheel of materialism and feeding the global money dragon, stocking its cave with lots of golden treasures. Meanwhile, most of humanity feel like slaves to a system they do not agree with and do not like. The practice of being breaks the mouse wheel. It gives satisfaction beyond any apparent treasure. It brings the delight of complete fulfillment into this moment now and all moments beyond this one. It is the true secret to happiness. In order to go from where most of us are to a place where we are truly practicing being, we must identify how we are torn away from this state of existence in our modern day lives. Personally, I think this shift happened when we made the shift into mass agriculture. This allowed us to disconnect from our most fundamental needs and explore other consciousness. Whilst this lets society advance, which I put in adverted commas, it also decentralised our focus from our basic needs to the needs of the community. This in itself is not a bad thing. However, we have gone so far beyond the scope of self-needs We've gotten lost in the needs of society and how we can profit from them over the needs of the people. This is why we can buy a new iPhone or other technology, even though our previous one is adequate, while a person on the other side of the planet starves. We are so embedded with the idea of staying current with the latest contraptions of materialism and are so devastatingly empty of any real life meaning. We are craving anything to fill ourselves up. Our true understanding of the needs of community have been replaced by commercialism. There is a rather odd and beautiful book written from the perspective of a telepathic gorilla called My Ishmael that covers this topic beautifully. It's well worth a read. Instead of being productive to serve the people food or meeting other basic needs, we're not banding together for the community. We are only out for ourselves and our own progress. Everyone wants to make more money, have more stuff, gain more status. The people at the top of that money chain are very fat, rich with the cravings of others as they stand on their shoulders getting more and more as others get less and less. Everyone wanting more and more. The desire for more is so potent in society at present and this mindset is infecting people all around the globe. Research done on tribes a couple of years after being introduced to Western stuff and money show a dramatic drop in happiness. Countries never before commercialised show rapid onsets of diabetes and heart disease after fast food franchises are allowed in. The more advanced we get with our externalism, the sicker we get in emotions, body and mind. I often wonder if the world would change if you put the world's richest people in a room with the world's most starving for a year. 
If they were forced to just be with each other, would the pursuit of more money finally become irrelevant? Would they develop the compassion humanity was destined to have for one another? Would they share their wealth, wisdom, and finally realize that money will not buy true happiness? We are poised in this really interesting time of humanity's development where finally some people on the planet are awakening to this need for change. Books like The Moneyless Man are emerging, showing us that life can exist aside from money. While at present, it still seems to be millennials changing the thought streams of consciousness and sometimes simply feeling entitled to the previous generation's hard-earned fortune, which seems to be a common impression from the baby boomers and later generations, the seeds are sprouting. We are entitled to live. Work and earning money is not the point of our existence. Caring for one another and the greater good of life is blossoming. Causes are thriving. We are getting conscious that caring for our community, our planet and ourselves is more important than the almighty dollar. Some have even stopped worshipping money like a deity. Even large corporations are being asked to validate how they give back, how they are contributing. We are returning to being with life, slowly but surely. Where it will take us, I am excited to see. For the individual, this journey is also occurring. Thoughts of what could be are arguing with the heart, which invites us to accept what is. In the last two years particularly, the consciousness has been shifting from what can I do to how am I being? We can't plan beyond the moment in the same way we used to be able to. Finally, the global neurosis is coming to an end. I think Karen Horney defined neurosis beautifully. She described it as the difference between who we think we are and who we really are. Or, put another way, it is the hunger that wants us to be something other than we are. In order to truly be, we must be as we are and want nothing else. Yet consider all the social implications of this. Perhaps your family has wanted you to succeed or you feel society demands it of you. You are presently expected to become affluent, achieve milestones and acquire things. You get great acknowledgement when you buy a new house or car or when your outfit is especially shiny and new. You are plugged into the materialism matrix that programs you to want more than this moment. If you don't, you are considered lazy, a no-hoper, a drain on society. And let's face it, we are here to contribute. If we all sat around and meditated 24-7, we would not have any food arriving at our supermarkets and we would starve in our present society structure. Unless we had a community garden, of course. What we are seeking now is a new way of being. One that can thrive within our current society. One that brings full consciousness into our direction that commands us from our own inner compass to treat all life with respect, making life the primary objective. One that allows us to be more often. This will most likely force corporations who destroy life to close. We will most likely have to stop being gluttonous with our food intake and our stuff fixes. We will have to consider all the choices for the next seven generations, so we will not choose to spray poisons onto the earth nor burn off because we are lazy. We'll have to find renewable energy sources and use technology to solve the world's pollution issues. 
will have to take the almighty dollar off its great pedestal and instead give life the great seed of primary importance. This is the world being creates. It may seem far-fetched to imagine all this change is possible, but if we are being, we are deeply present with what really is. Imagine sitting in a room with a sweet little baby. Now imagine forcing it to eat toxic food, washing this down with toxic water. The clothes you put on it are toxic and burn the little person's skin. You are sitting in a smoky room, each breath choking the baby, killing it slowly. If this little baby is born in the wrong country, it could also be raped, beaten, sold into slavery, killed by a bomb or murdered. These are the children we are sitting in the world's room with. If you bring their experiences this close to you and you be with how that makes you feel, you cannot not act. You have to stay very numb to stay unpresent with the atrocities of the present. When you are practicing being, you are forced to wake up. You become one with yourself and with the world around you. You realize what may have been hidden from you or even what you might have liked to pretend wasn't. You see this at a global level. If you haven't already, watch the movie The Green Beautiful. I recommend it. It is a great and entertaining display of higher consciousness watching our world and how it might do things differently. You will also realize things at a personal level. One of the ways I see this in my industry is with the I must evolve concept of a spiritual seeker's quest. So often people discover spirituality and they think the path is going to lead them somewhere. In the past, I have had students look at me, see how happy I am, and then think they wanted to experience that too. They felt they were somewhere less than or away from my state of being and wanted to get there. Because society has taught us the direction-based nature of achievement, they then thought there must be a secret pathway or tools of practice and if they repeat the same things I did, then they will experience the same feeling of happiness. But we all know there are many paths up the mountain. My path is different to everyone else's. Usually, they put this idea of me as this holy grail of achievement that they want to get to. I certainly did this with one of my own spiritual teachers 20 years ago, and boy, it was a shock when she came crashing down off that pedestal I'd put her on. She never explained to me that divinity is not about acquiring some far-off state of happiness and expecting this all the time as you stay in this sparkling state, unaffected by life or anything bad that happens in it. Spirituality is in fact all about the way we move through all moments in life. It is about the grace with which we choose to process our dirty laundry and difficult moments. The truth is, there is joy even in the most difficult of moments if you look for it. A recent personal example of this came for me as my son turned one. My family flew in from all around the country and globe to celebrate this beautiful moment with me. One of my partner's family members, who I've had an uncomfortably difficult past with, who lives locally now, decided to go and get her nails done during the time allocated for Arthur's party. I was so sad for Arthur that this person deprioritized him in that way. It's really important for me that we include this person in his life for him and that I love this person, even though this is very hard sometimes. It is a practice I'm choosing to commit to. 
That night as I laid in bed thinking about how angry I was feeling, I gave myself permission to be with everything that was inside. My inner mama bear was growling in protection. This person considers themselves to be fully conscious, so the unnoticed offence by them was something I contemplated bringing to their attention, but also struggled with the fact that I didn't want to rock the boat when our history was already on such a rocky ocean. As I practised being, eventually these feelings dissipated and I became aware of other feelings. I realised how much I love my son and I thought, about how lucky he is to have a mother who feels so passionately about his protection and well-being. I was so grateful my family was so supportive and went to such effort. I became grateful for all the healing work I have done to have such great relationships with my family. I became so grateful that Arthur was so loved by all the other friends and family that came to witness him. I then became compassionate for my partner that he didn't grow up with this support and recognition and had never had the experience of being validated like this. I felt waves of love go to him as I contemplated how amazing he turned out, despite the lack of interest this person had shown him growing up too. I then thought about how socially awkward this person was and how this was probably the cause of their need to attract fear at personal interactions. This wasn't about them ditching my son at all. This was about them offering what they were presently capable of. I would get a great opportunity to explain this to Arthur, tolerance and acceptance of others, appreciation for what they can offer, not what they can't. I thought about all these gifts and I slept that night so grateful for the profound love I felt for all involved. In the future, I'll be much more understanding of this person's insecurities and try and support them if they want to move beyond them. Being allowed me this insight. It changed my sense of inner being from ferocious anger to immense unconditional love. Being spiritual didn't mean I wasn't faced with a difficult situation, but it allowed me to achieve grace despite the initial discomfort. Being brings full consciousness into the moment. It's the difference between the alternative of this outcome. I could have projected my anger and started a war with this person, which would see Arthur miss out on the things they do have to offer and make my husband's life very difficult. Sometimes the process of being with something takes a long time. The more you allow yourself the time and space to be with something, the deeper your relationship becomes with it. Sometimes you don't need to evolve through it. Sometimes you cannot accept a person's behaviour. Sometimes this is not the way to be with something and honour your needs and theirs. Sometimes you are just angry and what has happened is too unacceptable to tolerate. I had another situation a couple of years ago where being led me to end a long-term friendship. I felt it was a healing path for all involved. Being real with your emotional state can cause you to make drastic changes when they come from the authenticity you were being with in the moment. A long-term good outcome is always ensured for all. I recently bumped into this person and I was delighted to see how much more empowered they were. I know I've grown leaps and bounds too now we are not in each other's way. I often see lightworkers try and maintain friendships that do not fit them any longer. When our growth rate is fast and we are teachers and friends with other teachers, our pathways do not always head in the same direction for too long. To honour each other until everyone is fully empowered in their uniqueness 
we often need time away to discover who we individually are. I've also had two powerful instances in my life where I've had very in-your-face conversations with family members who needed to change their destructive behaviour. I decided I loved them enough to take the time to make this challenging investment in them. These conversations were done only after much thought went into coming from a place of love, moving through whatever hurt I felt, and arriving at the conversation with unconditional love oozing from me. This space of being allows all to transform. You need to be present with someone else and how they are being, and you are being of service to them by saying something, then I highly recommend you don't until you can be pure, unconditional love. Then you know your motivations are clear and unhindered from your own baggage. As always, how others react is up to them. One person had a dramatic healing and turned her life around. The other person heard me, but then continued to harm others and only through her life getting very difficult as she finally started to become aware of what I was trying to point out. Sometimes we plant a seed that we don't see blossom till later. However, we have to be very careful that we don't try and drag someone into full consciousness before they are ready. When we are truly being with someone like this, it must always be an invitation for them to grow. We can never choose for another, but we can choose for ourselves. We must never enter the I told you so moment with another, but delight in their achievements as they honour the life in themselves and others. This always guides people to their good, whatever they choose it to be, eventually. Being with another you care for in deep presence is very healing. Sometimes the process of being with something allows you to simply let it go. If you don't need to work through something, you just need to let it go. The Sedona method is great for this, as is the thought exchange. Personally, I have found the path to letting go usually involves self-forgiveness. The Ho'oponopono process I have found so healing for this. If you cannot forgive yourself, you can use the file I've attached to this module. Get ready to sing to yourself. This is what clears the energy out of your throat chakra. If we cannot change something, and have to live with it, or if we are angry or feeling hurt, this process is very healing as we simply be in acceptance with what is. We must take time to be. We must take space to be. Being brings all aspects of ourself together. Energetically, it integrates the four counterparts of the soul. The mind cannot be off on some tangent while the heart and emotions feel another way, while the spirit is screaming a message. We must be integrated. The body cannot be unwell if we are practicing fully being. We must be whole and integrated. Do you fully be with your emotions? Most people do not. Do you fully be with your mind? Or do you wish it would shut up and stop saying the things you don't want to hear? One fun way to be with ourselves is to invite a friend to witness us or just witness ourselves. Ask the universe to keep us safe and not manifest any of the magnetism we hold while we allow ourselves to fully acknowledge how we feel or the crappy stuff our mind is thinking. If you are angry, this might be a day of giving yourself permission to get your inner bitch out of the bag. So long as you don't hurt anyone or yourself, let her loose. With the spiritual protection you ask for, you can ensure nothing is projected at others 
So listen to that voice of the emotions of the mind. Get present with the hurt and anger. Let yourself put your inner good girl off for a day and be one with your darkness. This is so healing. Have a good tantrum, stomp your feet, yell, swear. Let yourself be totally real with how you feel. Speak the truth of what you want to say unedited to your witnessing friend. You can only stuff this emotion down for a time before it comes up and wants to be with you, so why not give it a safe space and place to be? When students still feel they have lots of stuff they are working through, I recommend you do this one out of every seven inquiries. So if you are meditating daily, for example, be with this part of yourself once a week. You might even do it in meditation with Explore the Shadow Self or the Chakra Blowing Aura Explore Meditations. Personally, I love doing this through dance. I let spirit choose the music from my collection and as I play it, the sounds stimulate different feelings in me which I dance out through my movements and postures while deeply being with the story my body is showing me through the activations of the music sounds. Sometimes I sound out emotions and it is so healing. I find this gets me into dialogue with all four counterparts of the soul because it is already deeply physical. To fully be, we must give ourselves permission to be as we are. There is no other place to be, nothing else we need, nowhere else to go. I can't recommend enough spending time away from your stuff to fully experience this. When you go out into the desert with just your swag for a few days or spend a couple of years in a teepee, you realise you only need yourself, that you can be happy without a single other thing. When you do these journeys on your own, something vision quests are usually really great for, you realise you are okay on your own. You are powerful. You are amazing. I cried so much on my first vision quest. I was releasing all my fears of being alone. I learnt so much about what it means to just be with me and how I need to do this. It was profoundly empowering. Try and imagine this for a moment. Visualise yourself today, not having to go anywhere, not needing anything, being entirely satisfied with where you are and what you have in your life, just deciding to be complete. Imagine having complete faith in yourself, a knowing of your own way, having the faith and confidence to walk this way, to not need anyone else, despite making the choice to have those you want in your life, being whole and complete on your own. Imagine this level of completeness. This state is not off somewhere in the future. It is available to you right now. It is a personal choice. Will you choose it? Being is also a practice. There's a beautiful photo of me when I'm about eight years old. I'm standing with a horse who, ironically, was called Shadow. I'm in full presence, so at one with the moment. This moment, I remember, I was so delighted to meet Shadow, and together we were one in this space of love. My dad felt the moment I was having and asked me to turn around where he captured the photo and the moment. I remember another photo being taken of myself and the school bully after a massive mud fight. We had so much fun that day. The school bully was friends with someone I started dating the ex-partner of. I have no idea he still had this energetic girl's he's mine stamp on him until the bully approached me after school one day ready to beat me to a pulp for her friend. My total presence with the bully's feelings that day turned us into friends. One she could really be appreciated by, not someone who required her to beat people up to be loved. That mud fight was so much fun 
and another example of that friendship being delightful because of the practice of being in the moment with one another. If you haven't walked in the rain or had a giant mud fight, you are missing out on being with two of life's great pleasures. Being allows intimacy on a whole new level. So often in our lovemaking or even in intimate connections with our beloveds, we are somewhere else. This causes us to completely miss the sensory pleasure of the moment or the deep satisfaction of being in the world with others. I talk to people from all around the planet, no matter where they are from, a common theme of loneliness is rife. This is caused from our incapacity to be completely with one another. We are alone despite the many people in our lives because we are not fully being with one another. This practice of being requires you to remember your inner child's mind, the part of you that knew how to be, pre-programming. This aspect of yourself found not knowing fun, discovering the best, living with curiosity and always lived for fun. Where is this part of you now? The not knowing aspect also comes into play as a spiritual person. Often we want so badly to do the right thing and we want to stay on the right path so we seek to know. Despite my capacity to see the future, I haven't given myself a clairvoyant reading in more than 15 years. Knowing is so much less fun than discovering. There is no right path, only that one path you choose in this moment and if you choose, always from a place of fully being, each moment is sure to have more fun in it from then on. It's liberating knowing nothing. Then you can just meet what is with full curiosity and enthusiasm. I've seen so many spiritual teachers get lost in some tangent or another from believing there is a path to follow for them. Our only predefinitions are who we are, not what we do. We only need to discover who we are or re-remember this is the true calling of the spiritual path to remember. This is only possible when we are being. So doing is like running around endlessly and never getting anywhere. The path is, there is no path. So there is nowhere to go other than right here, right now. When we are trying to be in some other place than now, it is killing us. It drains our life force. When we want to get things on credit, enslaving ourselves to endless debt, just so we can be in a different moment with different experiences than now, we are vacant. We need to get rid of debt and not acquire more, meet the real needs of the feelings we think stuff will satisfy. Then we are whole and free and being in a true state with our whole power. From this place we find true gratitude and it is easy to feel and so effortless. We go on diets, have closet makeovers, get dressing consultants, hire people to show us how to be other than we are. Instead, we need to be with the person we are. We need to curiously ask, how can I be more attuned to myself? How can I accept where I am? This is where true satisfaction lies. There were moments in the teepee, one I remember in particular, where a large storm was battering us with 80 to 120 kilometer per hour winds. I was caught in the why am I doing this conversation when I could have gone and stayed in a hotel or rented a house while we built. I recalled that my husband and I had chosen this to have an adventure. 
In that moment, I remembered that I was poised exactly where I was choosing to be, where the universe seemed very happy for me to be. After all, nothing else that seemed easier or more fun had presented itself. And when I remembered this, I found some true gifts in the moment, really special gifts. This moment and all it offered would have been totally missed if I remained in my somewhere else thinking. Be where you are until something else finds you. This is the way to always be happy. This is why anyone with addictions may first need to own up and acknowledge this. Someone who emotionally eats, for example, may need to be present with the true underlying emotions before their physical state of being, cravings and wants will change effortlessly. Our society is constantly fantasizing about the future and where we will be and what we will have and how we will get there, all the while missing this moment now. What if you return to your rightful place of full consciousness in this moment now? When your brain thinks about tomorrow, put a note of its concerns in your diary for tomorrow, then let that go until tomorrow. When it thinks about your past, be with that fully until the energy of it is past. Then bring all your focus back to this moment now. You don't have that time to be fully present with your past, then schedule a time to do so. Think of your thoughts like a friend who needs to talk with you. Schedule a date to fully listen. When you continually return to the future in your thoughts and the thoughts are of having some other state, environment or experience, ask yourself why you really want that. What place of being are you trying to experience? What are you really craving and how could you have that now? When I was younger, I always wanted to feel differently. I felt so alone and imagined a place where I would be socially comfortable. Being around people felt awkward. So I always found a way to keep them at bay with one behavior trait or another. The end result was that I never had any real relationships, which perpetuated the cycle. What I was really seeking was safety, a sense it was safe to be in the world. When I started to create that place of being within me, the outer world shifted. People I could trust entered my world. Relationships became nourishing. Friendships became real. My world got more beautiful because I identified that I wanted the experience of being safe. When you look to your imaginings, what state of being are you really looking for? In the spiritual community, we have a personal race to enlightenment, usually to avoid the pain of now. Many come to the path seeking to escape great pain and hoping spiritual practice is a quick fix to avoid it. I know I began this journey trying to find a spell to cast on myself to end my great pain. I even remember walking into my first ever counselling session and telling the counsellor I was there that day so she could fix all my problems and I expected it to be done in one session. Years of therapy later, I felt healed, but only when I finally let myself take presence to where I was and how my being was. Then I could grow from that place. No spell could cure a lack of beingness, something I was desperately trying to avoid. Sometimes there is pain in our being that we'll have to develop a deeper relationship with. The good news, though, is that pain, like all emotions, accumulates if not expressed. But once you be with it, you release all that pent-up energy and you release it all. There is no pain left once you have been with it all. It doesn't go on forever. 
Being means not trying too hard. We are where we are. I hired a lovely young babysitter who was so eager to impress me. She kept rushing Arthur from one toy to the next. He was overwhelmed. Our veteran nanny with more than 40 years experience in contrast takes anything he's interested in and deepens his experience. I saw them stirring two bowls of Tupperware the other day like soup. So beautiful and Arthur was delighted to learn the action of stirring with so much noise as well. She is fantastic because she knows how to be with him. That's all children really need, for their parents to fully be with them, to see them, to acknowledge them in their journey. If you still feel wounded by your parents, imagine how much healing would take place if they fully acknowledged you and all you feel. If they were able to do this completely and meet you fully where you are, to fully see you and know you, wouldn't that feel really healing? Being means working with what is. If you have a sick child, there is nothing to do but be there 100%. If you can't do anything, being with your child fully is of great comfort. I often work with those who are dying. Even though their path may not be to be healed in terms of living, their healing can also come through another human being being with them fully. To be with someone, we place all of our focus on our feelings and theirs. We are filled with the moment like a mutual breath we breathe into full awareness. We feel every place it touches us within and we breathe out only after we have absorbed all it has to offer. To be truly present with another's journey is such a gift. Psychic ability is simply the presence of being, fully activated in one's senses feeling, seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting, sensing and knowing everything about a moment. It is the ultimate state of being. Mediumship is an extension of this where we take that same poised being into other dimensions and psychically sense what is there to guide us. We be one with these other realms and the knowledge in them. If you're looking to heighten your psychic or mediumistic gifts, being is your number one practice. It is hard to be present in fully being if you have too much going on in your mind or if your life has too much clutter. Clutter comes from stuff, endless to-do lists, too many commitments, stretching oneself beyond one's energy limitations, being obligated beyond our deepest desires, saying yes when we really want to say no. We need to know that our output perfectly matches and meets our input. Just like the yin-yang symbol, we must be balanced. Then we are centred, nothing is out of alignment. Do you feel this balanced? Do you have enough yin time and an equal amount of yang time? Again, you might count the hours in your week to really see the answer here. Whilst doing is a delusion sold by people who benefit from enslaving humanity, being doesn't mean you don't achieve anything. You just work for a different motivation. You do because you can deeply be in the doing. For example, when I'm doing my one-on-one -on -one sessions with people, it doesn't feel like work. In the time together, I'm simply totally being with another. I am in my essence, which is love, divine, compassion, power and isness, the core of us all. This place of being is connected to all that is. 
When I listen, I am totally present with the words, how they move me, where they take me, the answers I would want to know about their questions, what happens on other planes of guidance as questions are asked, the wisdom of knowledge in the many forms it exists, the way the person reacts when they hear the knowledge I find and how it affects me. All of this is available because I'm deeply being with myself and another and all the energies we can both connect with. It's like stepping into another person's world and being as them for the time we are together. There is no negative energy transferable in such connections for when the time's done, I simply stop being with that person and their energy field. Neither of us contaminates the other. We are both usually very moved by the experience of deep sharing. Imagine if you use such deep being and listening in your profession. Maybe you already do. For me, it feels like a great privilege and I get to practice being and usually learn so much from my contact with another's perspective. It's wonderful to be of service in this way and so uplifting for me personally. You can also manifest the easy way when you surrender doing. Instead, you are moved by the universe like a small stone gently guided by the current of the river. You are washed into the perfect place without any effort. You may ask, will my practical real life needs be met if I am being and not proactively doing? Does that have a basis in reality for manifesting? I can definitely say yes. In the last two years alone, aside from my normal work, I've been gifted just under a million dollars by people who just offered this without any provocation from me. I hadn't even put it out there. They just wanted to give for their own reasons to a project they knew I was working on. I know these funds are beginning something the universe wants to happen because I'm listening and in alignment with this project. So the water can move me to the place I need to be to manifest all I need with ease and grace. The last 20 years for me, being, has seen every single financial need I have had met beautifully and gracefully. In the first six months of having a full-time business as a healer, I discovered my state of being took care of my abundance more than anything I could do. If I got my fear, which drove my overdoing at the time, out of the way and just stayed still in my being, poised, listening for the opportunities as they presented themselves to me, Everything flowed perfectly. I have never needed to supplement my income with any other work, except for the work of my heart since. All of us are capable of great abundance when we're in alignment. When you're 100% congruent with your being, you hold a tremendous magnetism that calls others with the same magnetism to show up and offer what they feel to. I have witnessed this so many times. Others found my centre in Sydney, funded its renovation, organised all the leases, paid all the bonds and rentals. I was able to simply step in and do what I do, be with others. Much of what happened at Shambhala happened the same way. I've seen this evidenced so much. Being requires very little doing, except the doing that only feels like being. It's so easy. Have you ever had a moment where you felt like you had the Midas touch and everything just fell into place perfectly and easily with no effort from you? Think back. Were you deeply being at the time, present only in the now, radiating your isness? You can move mountains with the power of your being. 
Being is a practice and not one our society is very good at. We are trained to do. Most people feel lazy or invaluable if they do not do. When I left Sydney and started my initiation at Shambhala, I really learnt being. I had never allowed myself to be present before. Even after this adventure, I still had more to learn. Spirit wouldn't give me a new mission until I had learnt this when at my new land space. Now, being a mum, I'm learning it even more. Being doesn't mean you never do anything. In fact, you'll be more efficient and achieve more with a deeper sense of satisfaction. Being means not allowing yourself to be distracted in any moment from what your essence self is most excited about expressing. Our essence self is the part of us that is most connected to what some people call the higher self. I call it the conscious self because I don't believe it is higher or lower than this experience. It's just the part of ourselves that is fully conscious of our entire being. You could also call it the multiversal self or the voice of oneness speaking through us. Whatever description feels most correct for you, this voice inside you is the part of you that knows what is for your highest good. Again, this is a term that is often used but not often explained. What I mean by this, there is a part of your most awake and aware conscious essence self that knows what is really good for you. This is shown beautifully in the movie Bruce Almighty. It's not the ego self that thinks it knows what you want. It's the divine you that knows what is excellent for you. In that movie, this voice is God, but imagine Morgan Freeman as your own version of divine voice with the name you like to give it and get the point of the movie. It's a great concept. If our being is not producing the results we want in life, chances are our more conscious self knows it is not truly what we want. Our four counterparts of the soul are out of alignment and incongruent. We'll need to discover and be with what we truly want again. When we be and are in alignment with our deepest self, magnetism gets very powerful. Free will is the only real law of the universe, like attracts alike. When we are being, we attract more that allows us to be. We can do endlessly and mindlessly, or we can experience the full power of our being and what it can do when we are at one with it. Do you want to do things the easy way or the hard way? It's up to you. If we try and consider beyond this moment, we can get lost in endless loops of thought. I reflect on science when I think about this. We now know that the universe is expanding. Scientists are thinking endlessly about to what? In terms of the universe, we cannot fathom its edges, let alone our own boundaries for possibility. When we get fixated on this, it is like trying to know what is at the end of the expansion of the universe. We need to experience the now. This is all we can fully comprehend. When we know this moment fully, what is beyond it will become clear. If you've done the Lightworker Illumination program, you may remember me talking about this with the example of a bottle of water. And we live in the universe, the bottle, as the water droplets. Scientists are trying to understand what is outside the bottle when they don't even yet know what the bottle is made of. We must take beingness one step at a time. One of my heroes in life is a scientist called Stephen Hawking. Maybe he's one of yours too. What I admire most about him was not the amazing way in which he understood incredible concepts about the universe and made such a contribution to the planet by his life. I admire most how he kept this higher level of conscious thought 
while having a challenging and totally fulfilling personal life. He fathered children, had relationships, lived as a human being while doing amazing work, all while having a terrible illness and even outliving any prediction of his life expectancy by many decades. His mastery of being in my mind was undoubtedly how he managed to have such a vast grasp on a greater concept. He was being, as well as being aware of the larger picture. Being in these two places of consciousness is what gives us tremendous power to make a difference. Your life too must be fulfilled with all your physical needs met if you want to have a tremendous impact. I also admire Richard Branson, who also does this with business. He stays deeply present with an idea and then smashes out a new technology or system that is really just a better way of doing something or fixing a problem no one else has thought about as much. He's totally one with the problem and so the answer he creates is always awesome. Being has made him a billionaire. So you see, pausing and being has a much greater gift on your physical life than it may first appear. The energy you hold while you are truly being is immeasurable. It is instantly comforting. My husband is a kinesthetic personality type. His experience of the world is so vast and as an empath as well, he's deeply one with all that is. This natural state of being he so easily enters is so helpful with our son. When Jai holds him, he instantly relaxes and falls asleep faster than anyone else can help him to. Being creates a space that bridges the divine love inside to the outside world. Whether that love creates a container for sleep, healing, creative ideas to drop in, deep presence with another, vast understanding or total embodiment, being is a doorway to your entire power as a child of the universe. When harnessed, you are an unstoppable force capable of anything and everything. Being is a practice and one we are taught not to practice from a young age. It requires you to relearn it. You might like to start with the concepts and suggested practices this module invites you to try that appeal to you or other practices you relate to. Your task for this module is to consider in week one, how much being are you doing? In week two, what takes you out of being? In week three, what practices help you to be more of the time? And as you practice these, Notice how they change your experience in the final days of the module. You have the power inside you right now to be a divine force capable of anything. If you allow yourself to be, you will find the knowledge within and the synchronicity that lets you activate fully into the supreme bliss of your truest nature. So why not activate now?